welcome to Beauties and Headcanons, where we're nerdy and you probably are too. I'm Tegan, and today, uh, well, actually, this week, I have my husband Lee here, uh, ready to talk about Moon Knight episode one. Um, and just to give a little heads up, obviously, you know, since we will be talking about the episode, we will be talking about specifics in the episode, um, about Moon Knight in general as well. So, you know, if you haven't had a chance to see the episode, and you don't want to be spoiled, this is your warning to go ahead and click away now. Um, so yeah, there we go. Spoiler warning. We're going to be talking about very specific things about episode one in Moon Knight. And yeah. So I know that, you know, you are a good fan of Moon Knight. You're not like as heavily invested as like, you know, you are in other characters. But Moon Knight is one that, you know, you've always kind of come to. So you know, what is it that you kind of wanted to see with this, with the series and with these episodes? Yeah. <laughs> Forgot to introduce myself. Back by unpopular demand, I'm the husband. Hello. <laughs> but to answer your question, I want to see essentially the brutality of, there's a connection between Batman and Moon Knight for whatever reason. In certain variations of Moon Knight, he's, he's not as rich, but he's pretty well off. I think in one comic I've read, he had his own plane. But I want to see the actual brutality that Batman is afraid to go into. Mm -hmm. Moon Knight has no problem dropping anybody. He and Punisher have this weird speaking frenemy kind of connection. And so the lines that Batman won't cross, Moon Knight will cross them and then turn them into a belt. He uses the, like, you know how Batman has the batarangs? Mm -hmm. Moon Knight has crescent darts and... Depending on what you're reading, they're made out of adamantium, so problem. Yeah. You know how sometimes Batman will bink a batarang off of a person's face? You can't do that with a crescent no. dart. No. <laughs> um, don't do that, don't do that. Well, and I think we did get like a little bit hints of that in the first episode, at least with him, like, um, well, Steven, the, um, the, I guess the uh, main uh, alter, you know, the, the host... I'm assuming that Steven is the host of the body um, with him. Like, you know, obviously like losing, you know, this time period that Mark is obviously in control of his body. You know, we get to see him come back and like, Oh, it's things a, are happening. It's, it, it's tricky because Mark is the host, at least from what I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Mark was a mercenary and he was killed on a mission or something like that. And he was actually resurrected by a spirit. I cannot mm-hmm. remember how to pronounce its name. So I'm not going to butcher it because I don't need your, your show tends to get picked up over in country where they're like, hey, he got it wrong. And so I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so but he was resurrected. And so he's got like three or four from what I can remember. Mm-hmm. So Mark's number one. He's the guy. <laughs> OK. He's the guy. Stephen is uh, <laughs> kind of like that episode of American Dad where nice stand comes out when Stan yeah, was yeah, asleep. <laughs> That's his nice stand. <laughs> OK. That's hilarious then. So I. obviously like you know I'm not sure if they're going to be following that or not in this series like obviously with one episode it's kind of hard to tell like Mm -hmm. exactly where they're going to be going but I see a lot of really good potential especially for betrayal of a superhero that has um, serious mental illness yeah like serious mental illness someone who just genuinely needs help yeah yeah, someone who is like you know just blatantly neurodivergent you know that's not something representation in that way is not something we get to see in a lot of superhero media yeah usually they're the villain yeah a lot of times they are which is obviously really problematic but i i really like that we get to see heroes that are neurodivergent or heroes that are even disabled like in our in that hawkeye series 
Oh, because um, he weird because he was he lost his hearing. Right? Yeah, we actually got uh, that's something that is in the comics, but in the MCU, it was never brought up or addressed in any real way until that series. Realistically. So, all superheroes should have something yeah. because of the explosions <laughs> and the landings and no, no, like okay, Punisher uses a lot of guns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get as much weapon tra- weapons training as I wanted to during my time in the military, but it's enough. Oh yeah, and it's like big bangs yeah. right here, bigger bangs in the right here. Yeah, just continue. Yeah, and now yeah. everything is. Yeah, I'll have the cheesecake. Yeah, and. Even if they're somehow like super powered and they they aren't affected by that, the PTSD alone. Yeah, like Steve Rogers should not be able to no sell a lot. I, I don't care about your serum, sir. Your shoulder is dislocated. Where's your ice packs? Where's your Where's your roll on applied directly to the forehead? Where is it? I don't like that. Put it on. Do it. Do it now. Tony Stark is rolling around in a sardine can, and it's just like, yep, nothing's jelly. You're alive. Yeah, right. how rich you are. Right. Yeah, your hip hurts when it rains. Now get out of my face. <laughs> So yeah, and I, I'm really enjoying this premise, you know, in the setup, obviously, of Moon Knight. I'm not terribly familiar with the character, pretty much just in passing, but I I am really enjoying how Disney Plus is offering the chance for characters who are lesser known to get a chance to get established, because, you know, obviously there's quite a few superheroes that are really well known outside of comics, you know, heroes like Batman, like Superman, Iron Man, Captain America... These are superheroes that people who don't really read comics could look at and be like, oh yeah, I, I know them. I, yes, I know Spider-Man. Names. Yeah, but there are others who you know are just as good that they don't really get that same spotlight. And it's much harder to kind of establish them when you don't have that already built-in rapport with a general audience. And when you put something into like a big feature-length film like The Eternals, it... It was too much. Yeah. It was too much. Way too much too soon. Yeah, it's... It's, it's it going to be Exposition City. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure that comes with a big feature-length film that's expected to be, you know, this big blockbuster. Whereas, if you start out on a, as a Disney Plus show, there's a lot less of that pressure there. There's a lot more room to kind of expand. To be curious. To, yeah, and to allow people the chance to be introduced to this character and their world and what's going on with them. It, it works out pretty well because, you know, if it's on that site, you'll see, like, because they have the pictures and the mm-hmm. descriptors or whatever, and so you can just say, hey, what's this? And you'll click on it, and if for whatever reason it doesn't hit you, you're like, man, I'm not watching this anymore. I'm going to watch Cluck and Buck Express. <laughs> and so that is the name of the show <laughs> for those of you that listen to Tiger Tiger Tot's show here. It's not Falcon and Winter, so it's Cluck and Buck Express, Okay. But yes, it's a great option. Whereas with a movie, it's like, I paid money, so this better kick butt or I'm yeah. not staying. Yeah, there, there's a lot more. It, it feels like there's a lot more investment going on in a movie. And there's a lot of work that a movie has to do in order to introduce a brand new character, a brand new, you know, practically a brand new setting, brand new things. Like, if they had tried to do what they're doing with Moon Knight in a movie, I don't think it would have oh, worked tanked. at all. Oh, the yeah. tank and everybody would be looking at him like Leona Mormont with that, with that look on their face. Uh, <laughs> no, you know how Liana was looking at him like I didn't vote for you. Yeah, that's how it would be. And so, no, it's there's a lot of pressure, and as a result, you have to make the returns back on movies. Mm-hmm. And so now we have to put stuff in this movie that's going to guarantee to get people to come in. We have to put in references and pop culture. We have to put in lulls for no seemingly for no reason. Yeah. And as a result, the integrity of the story suffers. Yeah. 
there's a lot of structure that t- gets taken out. It's all bells and whistles instead of foundation. Like, that Eternals movie, I really don't know much about it, but from the trailer, it's just like, look at all these powers and look at all these colors and come on in here and there's Salma Hyatt. Look at her with your face. And so, <laughs> that almost made me watch, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, it. that's, you know, we've talked a lot on the show about how, you know, movies and TV series and stuff like this, you know, it, it's made for profit first. You know, it's not made with the art, the story in mind. It's profit first. And, you know, sometimes you get some good things that kind of eke out there, that kind of sneak past. And, you know, you know they like the do. the last 15 minutes of Endgame? Yeah, I said it. Yeah, tell you, tell, tell your Tell your listeners to come for me. <laughs> but, you know, you when profit is put over art, the art suffers, ultimately. Because you're very, very limited by what you can do. And likewise, when put into a big, blockbuster kind of situation there are characters like moon knight that are just not going to perform as well whereas we get to get you know really get down into the reads of this character and what's going on with this and just how how messy it is yeah yeah there's so much that he doesn't remember doesn't know you know he's he's imagine being a fish out of water in your own body yeah and it's it's really I really enjoy how they're kind of setting it up in the first episode where we pretty much know about what Steven knows, more or less. I mean, unless you're like the hugest Moon Knight fan and know every little thing, like, you know, we, the audience in general, only knows about what Steven knows. And so when Steven wakes up in the Alps and, you know... He's just as confused as we are. Yeah, and when he, you know loses that time between Thursday and Sunday. Which is really unfortunate because she, she was pretty. She 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 seemed nice. He, and was, he, like, was, about, he was about to hit a lick and then nope, nothing. Yeah, and, and it's, it's disappointing. Like, we feel his disappointment because it's like... Because she seemed really nice and liked him and it's like, okay, granted he doesn't like me or at least Steven doesn't but dude, come on. This is a bit... Oh, uh, for, for reference, I want that blonde to die. Oh. <laughs> in the show. I don't yeah. know if your listeners like that kind of talk. I don't care. I'm the husband. I don't <laughs> want her to make it to episode three. I know. They're really setting up like certain characters to be like completely unlikable and I... Oh, she has succeeded. Yeah. It's not... It's that, she's got hoovy heat. I, I, and I swear like I, I think we've all like had that certain manager or supervisor that is just, you know... Ugh, just, that, that we just can't stand, that just gets on our nerves, that is always, you know, getting down on us and trying to assign us all this, you know, all kinds of BS. And, yeah, like, she's not a very two-dimensional character, but, you know, I think it really succeeds from Steven's point of view where he's, you know, we're viewing his life as him. Yeah. And now we're getting, you know, obviously this, <laughs> you know, this coming through with Mark and the Moon Knight and everything like that. And so it's... I, I think it's, at least from a writing standpoint, it's a really interesting way to start the series. Oh, yeah. Especially because, again, like, Moon Knight isn't really a character that a lot of people know. Whereas, you know... That is mainstream. Whereas, like, everybody knows Batman's story. Everybody knows Superman's story. You know? We don't need to keep rehashing it, and yet Hollywood keeps rehashing it. Well, a lot of that comes back to that <laughs> American exceptionalism, because Moon Knight covers a lot of stuff that isn't even in America. Yeah. A lot of his stuff is overseas, in yeah. Egypt and different parts of Europe. So. And also struggles with, you know, a lot of the um, unsavory aspects of that as well. Yeah. You know, witnessing the nitty gritty up close. Yeah. So, so that, it's a reason that he hasn't been had a lot of exposure outside of comics. Yeah. So, you know, people who 
don't really know that much about him, at least until, you know, Disney Plus advertised the series, they're coming into this, you know, knowing about as much as Steven does. So I, it's just a really interesting and cool way, I think, to start off the series instead of using a bunch of exposition. Let me give you my origin story. Yeah. It's just like, no, <laughs> let's not. Or just doing, like, all these flashbacks, you know, I... It, I don't mind of, if they include those yeah. going forward, but to start the but, show, yeah, to start the show, it'll take you out of it. Before yeah, you get into it. Yeah, it, I, I really like how they've started. Um, what we call in writing is called in media res, where it basically starts in the action, and you just go and you learn about the characters, the as place, it goes everything. On. Yeah, as it goes on naturally, as the characters learn, you learn as well. So. It's a welcome change. Yeah, it, it is really, really welcome. So, the villain for this particular series. I don't really know, obviously, much about him. and But Ethan Hawke does an amazing, amazing job of portraying this dude. He is, he has this kind of um, presence about him. It, it, he's, he's very much embodies like a cult leader. He's very calm, very measured. But there's this certain charisma about him that draws people to him that he really effectively wields. And I, I just, I cannot wait to witness more of this. Obviously, like, the episode ended on, like, just a huge cliffhanger. But I think a really worthy cliffhanger as well, where we finally actually get to see the Moon Knight come out. And we get to, you know, even though it's just for, like, you know few seconds oh, it was at a the few end. seconds. I, I know. Now. It's like, oh, we wanted to see more, but it's so great how they introduced... They they really built up to it and made it pay off with, you know, the visions that Steven was seeing and, you know, everything like that. It, it, it was a really nice payoff. Like... More the, so than the reveal of the scene. Yeah. I liked him having to talk to Mark. Mm-hmm. Me I too. I really appreciated that because I connected with that. Yeah. You know? And so it's nice to see that because you don't really see that a lot with superheroes or, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Usually you see somebody talking to themselves in any capacity, oh, they're the villain. They're bad. And it's, it feels ableist. It is. It is ableist. And we get so many superheroes who are just apparently able-bodied and neurotypical and it's just I don't really have any problems with just finding the right pair of jeans or something. Yeah, yeah. But... Again, like, with representation, it goes so much deeper than just, you know, having a racially diverse cast or, you know, having a sexually diverse cast or, you know, Which really doesn't matter cast. if you're going to have them offed or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It defeats the purpose. You basically, you do a walk around the block. It's infuriating. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's so much more to representation than just what you, you know, physically see with, like, maybe a, a skin color or maybe that you get to see with, like, somebody in a relationship. It's... It's also, you know, representation for people who have disabilities, who are neurodivergent, who can look at these characters and say, I experience that. I get that. Yeah. yeah. I, I understand that. It, it, it's a connection that, you know, neurodivergent or disabled people don't get a lot of. That is why I really enjoyed, like, the nuance of the villain of Hawkeye or you know the the You're antagonist. Maya? Yeah, Maya. Where little mama with the with the uh, who was deaf, and she also had a uh, uh, prosthetic yeah, I think she leg. She also had a prosthetic. Yeah, but she was real nice with the hands. I remember her. But it's, right, she was deaf. Yeah, because and she, she was she was deaf from childhood. But she was mean with it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and. 
but you get to see her, and she she didn't even really stay a villain necessarily. Well, I mean, it, because it her whole like ends up in that gray mission, area. Yeah, it it goes into that gray area, and she, she even like turns around to turn the tables on Pin. Uh, Kingpin, yeah. Kingpin. She did live, right? Wait. Yeah. They, they, no, because they did some kind of cliffhang thing at the end. Yeah. Kingpin catches up to her and then they pan the camera up. Yeah, well, and no, so, she catches up to Kingpin. Right, right. And she's like, I know what's going on. Right. And I, then they pan the camera up, bang, yeah, and then in. So I'd like to see more of her. Yeah, so I, I really am curious to see, like, you know, who survived. Did they both survive? Neither of them? I, no, because, I mean, Fisk has to. Yeah. Because he ties into so many other villains. Because I think they're going to try and do something with Daredevil down the line again. Right, right. And he's got beef with Fisk. Spider-Man, I don't know if they'll ever actually tie those ends together. Cause, well, you know, I mean, it seemed like... Holland doesn't really want to be Spider-Man too much anymore, I don't think. Yeah, and I mean, they did reference some of that in like the last Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. with, you know... Uh, with Matt Murdock being being there Which and everything, dope, you know, yeah. So, I don't think they'll. I don't. I'd be surprised if they killed Fisk off, especially with Vincent D'Onofrio doing it. Oh yeah, I mean he's you, fantastic. If you get him to tie on to do your show, you gotta get the most out of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, Ethan Hawke is dope. It, uh, I, it's weird how much he looks like Nick Nolte. It is. It's it is kind of weird. But it for whatever reason it fits. I don't know much about Moon Knight's uh, villains because. Mm-hmm. Again, I used to get his comics. I'd get one every seven, eight months, maybe. And yeah, it was not... always in a different point in the story. Yeah. So I just know that I really liked him and I, his interactions with the Punisher were always funny. <laughs> that being said, um, for those that hear this, pass the word on. Don't touch Darkhawk. Don't touch it. <laughs> don't go anywhere near him. Every time I say, oh, I hope they never do anything, they do it. They did it with Civil War. They did it with Logan. I, I, I prayed that they wouldn't touch Moon Knight. We got lucky so far because yeah. Oscar Isaac is doing a good job. Oh, yeah. And the show is really well. But I'm batting like one for 20 here. So don't yeah. touch Darkhawk. Don't go near him. <laughs> just don't touch him. All right? Do something else. But yeah, and we definitely have to talk about Oscar Isaac and his just amazing killer performance. He... His face is very expressive. It is. And he so it conveys so well. what he's feeling without any, without really saying anything. He said something pretty much every throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. But you get swept up in it with him so when he wakes up and he's leaning on that guy like oh i'm sorry you can feel that he genuinely feels bad that he fell asleep on this person yeah and, you know the, the confusion and, just, and the fear mm-hmm. when he's like the lights are flickering and he finds that phone and you can feel that sense of panic mm-hmm. he, he's he's good he, he shouldn't have been apocalypse but that's not his fault he gotta get oh, his yeah. bread up yeah i'd have done it too <laughs> mm-hmm. but it you know, it's really interesting to see, like, him in all these different roles. Obviously, he's been, like, in a ton of different geek media by this point. That's true, because wasn't he Poe? Yeah, he was Poe Dameron from uh, the recent Star, Star Wars trilogy. Star Wars, he was mm-hmm. Poe, and then he he did that terrible X-Men movie. Yeah, I said it. Come for me. Uh, <laughs> but, did you see what they did to Archangel? I don't mean to go on a tangent, but, oh, <laughs> Emma, it was so bad. It was like a half-eaten sandwich that was left out in the sun. Well, and that's the difference between like a really good, really good designs and really bad designs, and at least as far as Moon Knight, from what I'm seeing, you know, there. No, he of, looks great. Yeah, like his costume, like even like the in the few enemies he's faced so far, like that that hound, mm-hmm. like 
genuinely, I think they could have, if they really wanted to amp it up, they could have turned that sequence into a lot more like horror esque yeah. and like you know make it a lot more suspenseful, the sounds a lot more scary. Fit it. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, like being Disney Plus, they probably don't want to lean into that too much. Nah, because they they edit their <laughs> stuff pretty. Heavy. Yeah, but you can really get a sense of you know just how scary and creepy this is. You know, by the designs, by the acting, it's. So far, it's all very much top-notch along with the writing, and I'm really excited to see the different directions that they might go in from this point on. Obviously, it was a really good first episode, because usually yeah. first episodes, they can be hit or miss. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Cluck and Buck Express was slow, mm-hmm. but it built up, and there were good pieces throughout, and then yeah. obviously it ends with my man looking like Elmer Fudd in the Captain America suit. Yeah. So it's like, oh, there's the big payoff, but it was a slow build to it. Yeah. Whereas Moon Knight just kind of pulls you in, and you, you're you left with all these questions. Who's this guy? Yeah. Who's that guy? Why is What's that going on? What's, like, up, what's up with the cup tr- cupcake truck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's a nice pace to it, whereas mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm waiting for the ha, there it is moment. Yeah, because when it very starts out in the very, very beginning, obviously we get to see Stephen Grant's life, and it kind of solidifies what this man's life is like. You know, he gets up, he calls his mom, he goes to work, he gets berated by his supervisor, he comes home, and he has a lot of issues with, you know, obviously he, you know, he ties himself to the bed and he has sand sprinkled on the floor to see if there are any footprints. He has a little tape by the door to make sure that, you know, he, he is, he or nobody is going in and out of the yeah. place. So, you know, we get to see, you know, the slice of his life. And then, you know, just when the part where things could potentially get boring, where it's just kind of repetitive and like, oh, well, you know, this is just an average. His fish grows a fin. Yeah. Obviously, you know, then I miss the we fin fish. I really do like I, I, know, I like I he do was miss Gus. swimming in his little circle. I miss Gus. And that's part of one of the things that, like, kind of add to this because then he wakes up in the Alps. And like him, for a while, you're questioning. Is this real or is this some? Was a dream? Was it a dream like or a, a hallucination or something like that? Like you don't even know. They got and then me he for wake, a second. Yeah, and then he wakes up in the apartment and he's still chained to the bed. The sand's on the floor and undisturbed. The tape is undisturbed, and it's like, okay, well, I guess everything is normal. Was that just he some must weird? Have gone out of a window. Maybe or just <laughs> retaped it. <laughs> Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Mark could have just retaped the shit, put the sand back down, and re-buckled himself in. That's possible. <laughs> I, I hope they go into it more about like why he does this instead of actually trying to seek any psychiatric help. Because you know that will change the entire yeah. dynamic of the show if somebody figures out there's a bunch floating around. Yeah. In there. And but then, like you know, after all of that, then we see wait, the fish has two fins. Like okay, obviously something's up. And then, you know, he goes to the store and the lady's like, well, you know, you were here yesterday. They all have two fins. Like, you know, obviously Mark, something happened to Gus and Mark was trying to replace him for Steven, but... There's all this missing information. Yeah. And like the little bits that they give you keeps you invested mm-hmm. in the show. And that's that's the great thing about this writing is that it keeps making you ask questions, but it doesn't give you the answers right away. That, I think, is the folly of a lot of things where it's like... It makes you ask the questions, but then it gives you the answer right there. Too you know, fast. it makes it easy to get those answers. Yeah. Or the answer doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so, but in here, you're given all these questions, but you have to work for the answers. You have to watch and you have to like try and figure out what's going on, just like Steven, mm-hmm. you know? So again, I, I think it's, it's really solid for a first episode. I can't wait to see more. I want to see what, see more. I swear I think his mom is dead. 
I know that that was one of the things I said, like this, I think the second time that he was talking on the phone, like leaving his mom a message, like the first time I was like, okay, he's just, you know, leaving a message for his mom. But the second time I'm like, I think his is mom she, is dead. Is she even a person? Like, yeah. Because you know how like on American Day, Roger has all these characters. Yeah. And he'll be like, oh, let me call my mom. But it's him on yeah. the end of the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, what have you done made up a mama that doesn't exist? Yeah. You're calling pizza bullies or something like, please, sir, your mother isn't here. Stop that. Yeah. So I'm curious to see where they go. I, I am. I am too. Because uh, you know, obviously, Mark is very different from Stephen. You know, he they even shady. have different accents. Yeah. Because he was talking on the phone to this Layla, and she's like, "What are you doing this accent for?" Yeah, I'm curious to know how she fits in too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it leaves you with a lot of questions, but it's questions that you're excited to get answered. Yeah. Whereas certain questions are from certain shows and movies, like I don't even care. Yeah. Because you're not gonna. You feel like you won't be satisfied with the end, or yeah. it'll make or the you angry that you went. Kind of dumb, right? So it's just like you know what? I'm not watching this anymore. Yeah. Whereas with this, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah, and I mean that's, I mean that should be at least the purpose of a first episode to draw you in and make you want to watch the rest. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they did a good job. So I mean, yeah, as far as that goes, great job. You know, I I, I don't really think there's that much more to say. I mean, shout out to Oscar Isaacs, man. He yeah, does, he does good He's work. Killing it. But. Save some work for the rest of the actors. <laughs> he gonna make all of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm. So yeah, that's that's my thoughts at least on on Moon Knight. Uh, where you know, did you did you have anything else uh, that you uh, wanted to address or talk about? Or? Moon Knight is gaucho. Okay, <laughs> look up the comics. Do it. Treat yourself if if you have disposable income. <laughs> I enjoy it, and stay away from Dark Hawk. I can't stress that enough. It's something that's near and dear to me. I don't want anybody... Oh, I may have shot myself in the foot because people go, oh, who's Dark Hawk? Forget I said anything. <laughs> well, that's what we have for you this episode. So if you've made it to the end here, thank you, number one, for listening to the episode. And, you know, what did you think of Moon Knight? Did you enjoy it? Um, was it was the storytelling effective for you? Do you want... Can you... <laughs> do you want to watch more episodes? Do or? you want Donna to die like I do? <laughs> So find us on our social media pages. Uh, We have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that. So go talk to us and we'll continue talking nerdy to you. I'm Tegan. And I'm the husband. (laughs) And thanks for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcanons. (laughs) 